1: Hi, this is Esty Chandler. This is Mark Holton. Hi there, this is Stuart Fratkin. You are listening to Zach and Dustin from $2 Late Fee.
2: Before there was IMDb.com, there was Zach and Dustin. You know those guys who think they know everything about a movie without having to go on the internet to look it up? That's us. But... Thanks for listening. On to the show. Jason Bateman <laughs> is Team Wolf 2. Todd Howard is a regular guy. All right. Bye. With a couple of problems. He just hit me with a dead frog. Jerk. Just like his cousin Scott.
3: Feeling a little furry in there, buddy?
2: The good news is he's going to college. This fine young man carries our hopes and dreams into the ring. The bad news is, he's going through a few changes.
3: Uh-huh. And when you do change, I'm gonna be there to take you straight to the top. I don't howl. He's arrived.
2: Two woke two. Strange boy.
1: Before we uh, talk about the the, the name of uh, the movie and all that stuff, can I just read you guys the the synopsis of this movie? Really? Uh, quick?
2: well, is this one is this a synopsis that you wrote?
1: No, this this no. Oh, okay. This, this uh, is anyway. from IMDb. I, s- I suppose that's Good? fine. Okay, cool. You, okay, um, three years ago, and ten successful title defenses after beating Apollo Creed, with whom he has become great friends. A now wealthy Rocky Balboa is considering retirement. Fame and complacency soon cause Balboa to lose his title to Clubber Lang. Oh, sorry, we're not talking about Rocky Three, right?
0: We're uh, talking about
1: Team Wolf Two.
0: No, I, no, it's
2: definitely Rocky. It's
0: Rocky Three. <laughs> Except there's no black people.
2: I thought you were reading like a uh, like an IMDb, like just like a random person wrote this about Team Wolf Two.
1: Actually, some guy named Tom Baldridge.
2: Oh, I know Tom Baldridge. Oh, you do? Yeah, he's a cocaine addict. <laughs> so, yeah, I, thought that, I thought
0: that was yeah. from Harry Potter.
1: Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Well, I I, I mean we are talking about Team Wolf 2, but earlier today Diallo said this is this is uh, Rocky three, and I'm like, you know what? You're right. This is Rocky three.
2: Well, to be clear, he said this is Rocky Three without black people, which is even <laughs> yes. more on point.
0: Yes, yeah, yes. There, there is, if you take Rocky Three and you remove all the black people, which are very pivotal to the story, <laughs> you've got yeah. Teen Wolf Two.
2: Yeah, and to, oh, yeah. and to be clear, we're talking about Teen Wolf also. It's not Teen Wolf the number two. So right. I think it's important that we say that when we say it. We're like, we're doing Teen Wolf Teen Wolf Two. two not team it of very, two.
0: It was very clever of them yeah. to do
2: that. It is is incredibly clever.
3: Yeah. Yeah,
1: I mean, uh, okay, so I'm I apologize for the horrible my attempt at trying to be funny in the beginning of this episode. Um but before we get into any of this, Dustin, we have to welcome back our great friend, uh our great brother in arms. We haven't had him on the show in my gosh, since the pandemic, the height of the pandemic, actually. When we were talking about Red Dawn. Red
2: Dawn. Wow.
1: But Diallo Jackson is here joining us on two dollar late
0: fee. Welcome, Diallo. <laughs> I was waiting for the audience. The play. applause. Yeah. You, you
2: were waiting for the um, uh, the you fanfare. Don't, you don't yeah, I don't have, have that applause program. Machine? No, All normally right. I do though. Okay.
0: Well, yeah. Hey. Hey, what's up?
2: It's in the mornings. I've got the <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is Dustin Rubin on the Morning Crew.
2: Hey, D'Allo Jackson, welcome back. The last time you were here, we talked about Red Dawn. You were kind of depressed. We all were. We were really sad. How are you feeling today?
0: <laughs> hey, I'm in the same space as I was. <laughs> <today>. <laughs> oh no! That
2: no, I don't want to hear that. No, 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 no. I definitely am yeah. not. Good. Uh, yeah. Good. Hey
0: guys, how you doing? It's been a while. Good. Well,
1: it, it, we were talking about a depressing uh, uh, war movie last time, and now we're talking about the well, nothing about that at all.
2: Yeah, we were, we were just like, I just remember that episode being like, we were all just like, is this the world now?
0: Right. Like we I mean, can't was, see that each was other. March, right? Was it March or? I don't remember.
2: It... We'll get it wrong. Whatever. We, whatever we say, because we don't understand time.
0: It was really early. In but, the pandemic situation because
1: it was it actually i think you think you're right it was around it was the spring for sure when we recorded it didn't air until uh, a little while later but i remember being in
0: my bedroom you guys were together
2: no you you guys were there i
0: went over oh that's right yeah Yeah. that's why i think it was still pretty early because it was
2: uh let's see Just, just for my edification it aired in november of 2020 we certainly recorded it before then,
0: but yeah, we recorded we did. It in spring. I remember yeah. it was one of the last times I like saw people until <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> right, I remember feeling like, "Oh man, you guys are together." Yeah, I'm not.
1: Cheaters. And we did, and we did it in our bedroom
2: <laughs> all hmm. night long. Oh, I I, all I don't think I was long. I was there for the part of you guys doing it, but
1: no. I... I but I yeah, must have signed wow! Off. What a wild time that was, and um, my gosh, we're we're coming up on almost three years later from that day. Mm. Uh, um,
2: uh, yeah, or yeah, yeah, two and some change, yeah. right? Yeah, I don't know.
1: And yeah. to have you back is is awesome, Diallo. I'm glad we can talk about Teen Wolf two with you. Um, no real connection to Teen Wolf two other than just we wanted to have you on the show and and thought it would be fun to do a uh, a wacky movie like this.
0: Yeah, thanks. I I'm, I actually remember seeing this years and years ago.
1: Oh, cool. On TV okay. And
0: my grandparents. I actually have a distinct memory of watching this movie. Um, liked it then. <laughs> I
2: I thought it would be way to sell it. I thought it would be funny if we just said that you were the world's foremost expert in Team Wolf Two.
0: Uh, I definitely am. I studied it extensively Um, in college, right? Yeah, in college. Your master's in it as a part of my master's degree. Analysis. It was an analysis in literature, but also um, I minored, (laughs) minored in Teen Wolf study.
2: (laughs) What's your minor, Teen Wolf two?
0: Teen Wolf two studies. I actually did. I actually do remember writing a paper. I mean, not about Teen Wolf, but I did write a paper about Airplane, um, in uh, grad school. So that was where that was where I was headed with my education. So, and Shaft. That was. I think that was in the same paper.
2: Oh, same Uh, paper. Yeah, Airplane and Shaft.
0: Yeah, yeah. Did you
2: ever touch upon Teen Wolf? Just the
1: regular, the first Teen Wolf. I,
0: you know, I didn't because I don't think there were black people in it. <laughs> <laughs> Your thesis I was about right,
2: black people in <laughs> cinema, so you couldn't do *Team do.
1: Well, maybe oh, like you know, he's Michael J. Fox is masking who he really wants to be in
0: life. <laughs> right. No. Yeah, I, I think actually that paper was about it was about menstrualcy. The the uh <laughs> it was the uh tracing menstrualcy from its inception to film today. And I included airplane, shaft, some of the black exploitation movies, um, just kind of try to trace that uh that whole genre. So
1: Oh wow. You know, yeah.
2: You're not you're not saying men's, menstrual. See, to be clear, right? Menstrual, menstrual, menstrual Yes, not menstruation, not menstr- <laughs> not menstrual cycles of yeah, yeah, film. Not
0: menstrual. I see
1: yes. you know. For everyone listening, what, uh, including myself, what is what is menstrualcy? Uh,
0: you know, it's just like uh, when people, when uh, white folks would put on the blackface and perform and sing. I think Al Jolson was the, uh, I think he was the one that was uh kind of known, famously known for it. Yeah. Um, you know, very frowned upon, but people still somehow keep doing it and claiming ignorance. But um, I traced the uh, just sort of like the roots of that um, sort of genre. But then I kind of showed the connections that it has to had to cinema in like the 70s and 80s. So, And I didn't use Teen Wolf because there were no black people in it. <laughs>
2: That's. I mean, that's fair. That would be a be a weird study to do. (laughs) Uh, Use as an example a movie that didn't have people doing what you were (laughs) what your thesis was on. Yeah, but you
1: you did say you saw it when you were a kid or younger.
0: Yeah, it was actually i I saw it in like the early nineties. I remember. Um, Okay. Yeah. So. I actually wasn't you, aware that it actually was came out in 87. I thought I always thought it was like a 90s movie until now actually. A... I I
2: thought it was 89 myself. Yeah. Oh, really? If you put me in a closet and you were like, "Tell me what year Teen Wolf <laughs> 2 came out and or do, you can't leave." I'd be like, "Wrong." And then I'd be stuck there. Forever. When did
1: you see it? When did you see it, Dustin?
2: Um, I think I saw it when it came out or shortly after.
0: Good talk.
2: That was it was that <laughs> it was that stunning what I said?
1: No, I was I was I was dumbfounded. No, um, what because I was thinking that I was so excited to see it when it came out and then I did see it and it wasn't what I thought it was going to be at that time. And I was kind of disappointed to be honest with you when the first time I saw it. And I don't think I watched it again until fairly recently uh when the Blu-rays all came out. They were like these special editions of the Team Wolf 1 and Team Wolf 2. And so I decided to revisit and have a different lens now, I think, in 2022 than I did when I was, uh, you know, 11 years old. or, Well, yeah, 87, I was 11. So I think I was expecting something else. Uh, the cartoon had come out already at that point. So yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, this is this, this going to be like the cartoon? Is this going to be like the, which Craig Sheffer was on, by the way. Craig Sheffer was a voice on the. Huh. Team Wolf cartoon. Um but then I saw it and then and didn't have like the most fondest feelings about it, but now I watch it and I kind of have a different appreciation. Um well based on ease
0: yeah. things. What year did the original come out? Is it 84? 85. 85, okay.
2: Yeah. I yeah. I think it bears explaining why we're not covering the original first or, you know, not to say that we won't ever, but um but we've we've kind of gone into this mode of 35th anniversary celebrations, um, which yeah. you know kind of caught us off guard. But yeah, Team Wolf Two came out in '87. Um, we've already covered Three O'Clock High. You guys should definitely check out that episode. We did a 35th anniversary uh, extravaganza with all the all the folks involved, or excuse me, a bunch of the folks involved. Um, and then we also covered the Monster Squad. We had Andre Gower back. That's that's a previous episode as well. Please check out that. And, um, and so in order to celebrate the 35th anniversary of, of this movie, we are like, wow, how, how fun, um, we have upcoming, um, next episode that you'll hear after this one, I think will be, um, a 35th anniversary with Stuart Fracken, who came on our show previously for ski school. He plays styles in the, in this movie, um, SD Chandler who plays the love interest and uh Mark Holton. Nikki. Yeah. Who plays Nikki, thank you. Um, and Mark Holton, uh, who plays um, well, he's most well known in Pee Wee's Big Adventure as Francis Buxton, but he plays uh, Chubby in the Team Wolf series. So and he is the only not the only returning character to this series, uh, but for us, <laughs> you know, he's he's you know, he was he was in both movies. Um so we'll have him as well. Michael J. Fox is the original Teen Wolf. Everybody knows that. Jason Bateman is the Teen Wolf, two, uh, and uh, I don't even know if you know. I wouldn't even be like he wasn't available, but I think it's just assumed that he wouldn't be available to talk to us.
0: You named a couple of actors, but you, for, I think you're forgetting Talia Shire, and Boner stabone
2: Yes, Talia Shire and Boner Sabon. Um, you're, you're spreading misinformation. Yeah. Um, because they're not in this movie, despite what other podcasts maybe have said, despite what people might think people look at Stuart Frack and they go, Oh, it's boner from growing pains. It's, it's not, they, they do look alike. Um, but they're not the same person. And, um, well, we can say more about that. I suppose
1: we can, when we talk about the whole cast and whatnot, but you're right. Yeah. Diallo was like, is that who I think that is? I'm like, no, it's not who you think it is. It's this guy. Uh, Stuart has been on our show for ski school, obviously, and coming back, he'll have his own reflections on, on his experience on this, uh, on this shoot. But he, yeah, he bears a similar resemblance, I think at the time to, uh, uh, Mr. Koenig who played, uh, Stabon in the, in, in, growing pains. But I just said Stewart's Stewart's beautiful face just has more features that are more recognizable. <laughs> And that's and that sweet mullet of his in this movie. That's yeah. God glorious sweet mullet that he has as Styles is is just fantastic.
2: It is beautiful. It is a it is a great mullet. Um, do we know why? Uh, you know, I need to be careful. I should say first off, I need to be careful. I I don't want to shit all over Team Wolf Two today. That isn't the goal. That's never the goal in any of our episodes, to be clear. But it does sometimes lean that way when you start to. You know, break down a movie. I always, you know, I always assume that uh, the filmmakers are listening and uh, we appreciate the movie. And obviously we love, you know, we, we, we love this movie. So that's why we're talking about it. But uh, that's but, why
0: you guys bring me in. So because I, I don't have any fear. I will. No, I'm just kidding. I'm
2: right. <laughs> kidding. <laughs> but yes. No, I mean, it's it's like it, it, you sometimes you can't help it. But even knowing, you know, we, we know uh, having interviews with folks where about movies that maybe were not the best, that, you know, there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen a lot of time. Things happen. It's not always the filmmaker's vision. What what ends up, you know, sometimes the studio's like, that's great, that's airing. You know, we're we're releasing that tomorrow. And they're like, but I'm still editing it, you know. So we understand yeah. that. And, you know, we're not uh we're we're creative folks. We're we're sympathetic to that process.
0: Nobody ever sets out to make a bad movie. Like, even if you're setting out to make a bad movie, you're making it bad because you think it'll be entertaining. Um, An intentionally bad movie. But nobody sets out to make a clunker. So no. always try to keep that in mind when you're ripping
2: on Yeah, somebody. well, of course. But I also, I don't, I can't think of a lot of good examples of that, the intentionally bad movie.
0: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm saying that there is, there like, you know, uh, I wouldn't even say bad but they uh they're off but they're purposefully off. Um what's that uh Street Fury that 80s uh riff that came out in the last like
1: Kung Fury? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Where David Hasselhoff appears and stuff. Yeah, Kung yeah. Fury. Like, you know, stuff like that it's like it's, it's like it's it's like it's it's mode is to be entertaining by or um what's the, what's the uh Black Dynamite? Um, mm-hmm. where they, you know, the the yeah. way they read the lines or the boom mic drops in the in the frame, they're doing all that stuff because they're trying to evoke something. Sure. Um, so that I was just using those kind of sure, example. I get you. But yeah. Even even your big blockbuster, you know, like I I will rip a movie, but I also know that just like things just don't pop sometimes, and it just it's uh the creative endeavor is uh it's still mysterious yeah. no matter how many classes and and things you take to. To make the right one. I've seen some solid stories that just don't work for whatever reason. Um, so you just never know.
1: Yeah, I think I think you're also thinking of uh, Kung Pao. It, it did the whole send up of the bad dubbing and stuff like that. Yeah, no, those are great examples of like movies that intentionally kind of uh, parodied those, those films back in the day. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, for people that haven't seen Teen Wolf 2, should we kind of give a little brief synopsis? of what the plot is, because Teen Wolf 1, I think it's it's common. It's pretty easy to say that most fans of 80s movies have probably seen Teen Wolf 1, so they know the premise of that. But can you give a little like brief synopsis, Dustin, of what Teen Wolf 2 is about?
2: Yeah, Teen Wolf 2 is Teen Wolf 1 set in college <laughs> with boxing instead of basketball.
1: <laughs> Rule credits. <laughs> yeah,
2: I mean, that's that's what it is. To me, uh, the movie is almost identical uh, to Teen Wolf one in every every beat, every way. Uh, you know, they, yeah. they 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 hit the same moments, right? You've got the the red eyes that first come out. The you know, give me a keg of beer. I need a new schedule. You know, or whatever. I want a keg of beer, you know, it's every, I'm, I'm not going to go through it. I didn't, I didn't list them by any means, but it really is. Yeah. Uh, it really is that. And when you're talking about seeing it for the first time and being underwhelmed, I mean, that was my feeling, even at that age when it, you know, it came out in 87, not in 89, um, uh, having that feeling of like, this is the same thing. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know why. Like we, the the formula was so good, we just let's just d- do it again, in, in a, a little older.
0: That was kind of the. I mean, in the eighties and even the nineties, that was kind of like the way you did it. Though you just basically came out with the same movie, the same plot, and it was more of like a there's a cash grab feel <laughs> to to some of those sequels. Um, well, when, isn't Jaws
1: two like that?
0: Yeah, and they give you a little twist. And then yep. with that. But yeah. yeah, it's basically the same thing.
1: It's basically the same
0: thing. A lot of the same beats, a lot of the same action sequences. They just flip mm-hmm. it a little bit. Yeah, I mean it's it's it was it was a lot more standard. Um not not as much now, but still you still can expect uh um, yeah. a little repetition.
2: There's a lot of like information that circulates about this movie that basically says that Michael J. Fox did not come back because the main reason being that he didn't the, the makeup t- you know the whole prosthetics and and took took too long but there's no yeah. way that he could do this this movie like you couldn't you wouldn't just have him go to school go to college and then have the same bullshit happen to him like it just wouldn't it wouldn't work
1: it makes me wonder though if if he had done a sequel if it would have been a completely different premise completely different across the board right And I know that this movie, uh, the script was written right before the movie started shooting. Like they finished the script right before they started shooting. So, uh, there was like this, you talked about cook, a lot of cooks in the kitchen. I think there's a lot of behind the scenes, uh, moving that parts that went on that kind of swayed it into, okay, well let's just basically take the same premise and, 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 you know, put it in college the fans of the original will come see it. It'll be good. It'll be fine. Let's just make a passable film. That's kind of the vibe going into the shoot that I got from some of the like behind the scenes documentaries that are on the uh, Blu-ray.
0: My, when, so when I was watching it, I was, I was kind of getting the impression that um, they had this idea or story ready for Michael J. Fox. Like he was going to go to college next and we were going to follow him there but then they weren't able to get him for whatever reason. And then Jason Bateman being a new character, they had to do a lot of those scenes that replicated the scene back in um, the original because he's a brand new character. Whereas I kind of felt like the, the overall arc of the story was actually one where he, like he he didn't either he didn't want to be the wolf anymore because of whatever he was starting at a new school. And then um, but then he had to, like, come back out with it and try to replicate that like a different angle of the original story. But because it was a new character, they just had to like rewrite it and it became even more like the original, if that makes any sense. So, yeah, where like
1: a, he didn't even know. Yeah, that he was a wolf yet. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So just, I think, because it, it, I kind of, I was really getting a sense that it was more, it was going to be more of Scott's going to a new town. He gets to start over, and a lot of those scenes would have reflected that, but they just had to write them differently just because the character was coming from a different place. So yeah,
2: mm.
1: that sounds fair to me.
2: Yeah, I guess in a way you could compare it to something like Revenge of the Nerds too right where the nerds are nerds in paradise where the nerds are now it's just another set of of revenge it's it, right so it is always always that thing I guess the issue I have is when it comes to and and this is where this is probably about as deep as I can get about it like and I can get pretty deep but like if you think about the world where it's understood right that vamp, the, that werewolves exist Right. It's, it's not, it's not really a surprise. Like in team wolf one, we know there's this lore of, of, of werewolves and Scott happens to be one. And then it's like his, you know, his dad kind of helps him out, understand, um, there are other werewolves, but so now he's, he's, you know, and and Jason Bateman as his cousin understands that his family has this history of werewolf DNA, although he's like, I'm not, I'm not a werewolf. Um, But his uncle, meanwhile, is like just flaunting his werewolfness. You know, he's just right, He's just like driving and the thing. So it's kind of unclear like how accepting society is to, <laughs> to werewolves in this particular world, because when Jason Bateman does, quote unquote, "wolf out, right? there's so much like, oh, he's a dog. But like if, if the world knew that werewolves existed, would they be as shocked about it, I guess, is my question. You know, would there be as much like, whoa, what's happening? If you knew that, that people just were werewolves and whether or not they were open about it. You know, it's it's kind of like, are they in the closet as werewolves or are they open like like his uncle, um, right? And then I started thinking about it like, and this is, I was like, well, maybe it's like school ties, you know, where Brendan Fraser is like... <laughs> like he's a Jew at this, at this Catholic school, you know, and then there, and then everyone doesn't know he's a Jew, but then they find out he's a Jew and then his relationship changed with everybody. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And Matt Damon's terrible. Um, you know, and, or just right, even like today, like today's, today's contemporary views on, on other, uh, which are not very different. So I don't know. I throw it to you guys. Like, (laughs) what do you think about that?
0: I it was I mean it was interesting I, I mean ultimately it just comes down to it wasn't very well like thought out um, <laughs> so I don't you know I don't want to like analyze it too much it's like I, 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 sometimes when I talk about film and stuff I I I talk about it from outside of the text rather than from within. so I don't spend a lot of time trying to try to make what they think makes sense. I sort of like look at it from like, putting it together from the outside as like a writer or director or something like that. So it just was like it It didn't track from the first movie, basically. So that journey that we went through in the first movie, like we saw how the werewolf was celebrated. Right. And um, through his personal journey, he reverted back to human and they didn't like that he wanted to do that but he had to prove something to himself right so we the viewer already have this relationship with thinking werewolves are pretty awesome in the world actually at least that town or whatever that they are awesome And we entered this movie and at first i think people did think that they were cool because like dad's just turning into a werewolf and people are like oh look it look it but then when jason bateman turns into a werewolf then all of a sudden it gets really weird well, I think
1: I think that has more to do with the makeup then, because um, because his makeup does make him look a little more weird.
0: <laughs> he had uh, that weird nose. he that weird goatee on his nose or something. Did you yeah, notice that?
1: Yeah, so maybe that's what people thought. That's why he looked like a dog because he looked different than you know James Hampton's character, his uncle, uh, who looked more tri- well the original makeup from the original movie. Because this makeup, I, I'm probably assuming, was supposed to look cooler. But I think it actually kind of makes them, yeah, it does make them a little more. I,
2: do we know if it's the same makeup team? That would be interesting. That's a really good question. Because you're right. Yeah, makeup, you know, like a director vision could definitely influence, like, oh, I want it to be more like this, but uh, looks completely different than Michael J. Fox's Team Wolf.
1: So, really quick, really quick the makeup department for Team Wolf 1. Special makeup effects, Tom Berman, right?
2: Okay. Take, and taking team notes. Wolf
1: two, Wolf makeup, John Logan. John
2: Logan, okay.
1: And Mike Smithson.
2: Different Wolf team.
1: Yeah, different Wolf team, which makes sense, right? It's yep. Like changing up uh, the the Spider Man suit, yep. and suddenly like people not thinking it's as cool. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why. I think I, I agree with you, Diallo, that, that it wasn't that well thought out on that level. Um, but, you know, there's pieces in there that are already established from the first one that carry over. For example, Styles, played by Stuart Fracken in this one. And he's ready to go with all his merch. He's ready to go with all his stuff to to sell the wolf. So the wolf is known. It's, it's popular. The school loves it. Uh, obviously, Chubby knows what... A wolf can do uh, his coach, which is a different actor, by the way, the actor who is the coach in the original one was replaced in this one. Um, but, Oh, was actor, it? I got fooled yeah. then. Yeah. So I in, got fooled. In the original in the original team wolf. It's uh, an actor named Jay Tarsus.
2: Cause, cause and Jay Tarsus is is the best part of team wolf.
1: I agree. I agree. But uh, in this one, it's played by Paul Sand, who's a little goofier uh, and like a little kind of dumbfounded a lot. Paul Sand is a re- like really legendary character actor as, as well. He was in a movie uh, in the seventies called the hot rock, which I highly recommend a really cool, like heist caper film with um, Robert Redford and George Seagal. uh Go check that out. If you've never seen wow. it,
2: they, fo- um, they fooled they- me.
1: Yeah. Paul Sand. Wow. But I mean, they look very similar. They look very similar. Who, uh, who could Jason Bateman's doppelganger be? Uh, and everyone listening, who do you think would be a good doppelganger for Jason Bateman? Send let us know uh, via, you know, all the ways you can message us. But I really want to point out really quickly, like how phenomenal the older cast is for this movie. Like this might be considered a B movie by many people. It, it's it you know the lesser sequel of Teen Wolf, but the cast they have for this film is really fantastic. Yeah. Right. Like um, John Astin who plays, I wouldn't call him the villain per se, but he's the Dean of the school. He's hes, he's about he, as
2: villain as you could get. We know him living. as
0: Herman Munster. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. You know, he's a little light in the loafers uh, to play Herman Munster. Right. But um, I mean, I, I love, I love John Astin as Dr. Gangrene from, Return to the Killer Tomatoes,
0: but... Uh, oh, yeah.
1: It. Yeah, and, and isn't he uh, Sean Astin's
0: um, dad? Mm. I think it's like stepdad? It's not dad, it's like... Oh, no, adoptive father. Yeah, that's why I was right the first time. It's his adoptive father.
2: DNA yeah. testing yes. proved that his biological father was Michael Tell, to whom Duke was shortly married to. Before the marriage was annulled. Oh, scandal! All right,
1: we have to get John Aston on the uh, on the on the show. He's still the, alive.
2: On the horn. Well, now you fucked him, Zach. Thanks. Good work. <laughs> Shit.
0: Good tomorrow work. We're, it's we're like you just the,
2: to forget how you do this.
0: We're gonna get the. I, I do. I do. You all all the time. you just tomorrow. exclaim,
2: "He's still alive." Uh, he he is. Out loud. And
1: I, I, I know people know him as. For, for The Adams Family and, and so many other like classic TV shows but god damn if you've never seen Return uh, if you've never seen Attack of the Killer Tomatoes cartoon from the 90s it is fantastic it is so entertaining good save and he's good so save. funny on the show
0: you know when he showed up in this it, it definitely gave it gave the uh, movie a, a sense of more credibility <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. I agree I yeah. agree
1: I mean, he, he has, this is interesting though, because, and, and we'll get to Kim Darby in a second too, because she's another legendary actor, in my opinion, but, um, John Aston had done a lot of, you know, when you did, when you did straight to video movies or quote unquote B movies in the late, in the eighties or the nineties, you got labeled as, Oh, you've really, you know, sunken in your career. Nowadays, every actor does a television commercial, does a straight to Netflix, straight to streaming show, and and no one bats an eye at it, right? Um, Bruce Willis does does 20 movies on uh, Netflix or or Amazon, and no one cares, you know, before he retired, obviously, if he was to do another big major blockbuster, they'd be like, Bruce Willis is in this, cool. But back in the 80s and 90s, if you did that commercial or you took a nosedive doing, you know, Return of the Killer Tomatoes, people go, oh, God, I can't see that guy anymore. I can't watch him on TV anymore. I can't watch him in a mainstream movie,
3: Mm -hmm. which is
1: lame because John Astin's a really good actor and he's really entertaining in this. And he has like a charisma. I, I, I yeah, he is the villain. But there's moments where I'm like, yeah, but if he turned on a dime and became a good guy, I would have believed that, too.
2: You would've believed that too.
1: Because he's such a good actor. Oh, like, I see. Like,
2: you
1: know what I'm saying? Like he's such a like like he can be yes. likable and hateable at the same time, in my opinion.
2: Yes, I see what you mean. Picking oh, up what there. I'm putting down? M
0: G.
1: But right right, Dustin, am I am I off base there saying that there was that time in the eighties and nineties when you got labeled as like, oh, wow, you're doing that now yeah well I, I think
2: it's no different than what many of our guests have said about you know just even doing episodic television you know there was the, people were not in it in it for that and you had the two schools of thought as far as actors go right it was like you're 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 new york actor you're part of the theater you don't do you don't do the hollywood system and if you are going to do the hollywood system you're only going to do film um with you know reputable yeah. directors and then yeah, you're not gonna do, you know, made for TV. I mean, look at all the money now. Like it's like the how much money's in like lifetime movies, um, you know, Hallmark, right? Everyone does a Hallmark movie. Um yeah. I watch the Christmas movies every year and I'm I'm astonished who's in them. It used to be like just random people and now you're like, oh no, like they have they have money to get to get people. Um so yeah. So I, I no, you're not wrong at all. I mean that's That was that was the thing. Nobody would do that stuff. And uh, and straight to video was kiss of death.
1: Yeah. Right. But but now it's totally changed. But um, uh, I think about Kim Darby also being in this. And obviously Kim Darby, we love from Better Off Dead. But she has been in so many other movies. It's got raisins
2: Um, in it. You like raisins.
1: (laughs) I mean, she she's her career. Her career started in the in the late 60s early 70s she's been around a long time yeah and and when she pops up on screen i'm just like comforted going oh she's such a good
2: actor right yeah she's great
1: but then the backstory really quickly she was married to one of the producers of this movie and she even says that she like kind of stifled her performance because she felt self-conscious because her husband was on set all the time and she felt nervous around him hmm so you're not giving a full performance if you're feeling that way on set. You know, people have I think she's fine in, in the film. I think she's super likable and one of the highlights of the movie. But she said that her performance was not a, she's not super confident about it because of that.
0: It's yeah. funny you say that because I actually, I mean, I didn't know who she was, but I didn't text this to you guys, but I was like, Okay. She's either a wolf or they're going to make out.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cuz she was uh, very like
0: subdued all the time and it was almost like she was uh in a dream state when she was talking to him. And so the the fact that you actually said that actually like totally tracks cuz I yeah. literally was seeing that on
2: camera. Mm. That is interesting. I you know, not to spoil anything, but the fact that she has a tail <laughs> really bothers me. <laughs> I, you know, because it it just takes a moment and makes it super goofy at the end where she does this little sachet with her tail poking out under her skirt, and then she looks back like, <laughs> and I understand the intention, yeah. but it like, it ruins the entire moment for me. Sorry, it more wolf fox.
0: too. It was more foxy too. Than... <clears throat> yeah, yeah it's, foxy? A fox it's a foxtail. It's not foxy.
2: a wolf tail. Yeah.
1: Well, it, it didn't. Again, I think it didn't feel thought out, right? Um, like Jeff Loeb originally wrote the uh, screenplay for the first Team Wolf.
3: And wow, Diallo, that's crazy.
1: Yep, I didn't know and that. Same with Commando too, actually. Hmm. Um, Who is Jeff Loeb
0: Diallo? Jeff Loeb is. I know him mostly as a comic book writer. He wrote um, probably his best work is uh, the Long Halloween. Um, best known work, I should say, is the Long Halloween uh, Batman story. Um, he did. I think he. I think. I mean, he wrote on like heroes. I think he was running the Mar uh, the Netflix uh, Marvel shows for a while. Um, he wrote this sort of interesting um arc for batman jim lee was doing the art called hush um yeah he's done quite a, i mean he's extensive long
2: so sp- so you have no idea who he is that's that's too nah, bad. no idea
0: <laughs> yeah He name well,
2: like well, seven specific things <laughs> extremely specific but, now,
1: but- but Diallo, you did bring up a good point because him working on Heroes because the guy that wrote this screenplay, yes. Tim Kring, yeah, also oh, this is like, Tim the,
2: Kring wrote this, yeah, yeah, like, oh,
1: yeah. God. What, what, what's your what, what's your familiarity with Tim Kring?
2: Well, Tim Kring, you know, for anyone that watched Heroes, right? The the first season was was great, and then the second season, all the sort of rules that he established for the world of Heroes were completely erased, and he. It's the only time that I know of where a showrunner has made a public apology for an entire season of a show, and he did that. He was like, "I'm sorry, guys, I messed up," but yeah. I didn't stick around after that, so I was like, "This is terrible." Well, nothing matters.
1: There's kind of your. And I did not answer. realize that he wrote this. Wow, well, yeah, he wrote <laughs> this, and but he's buddies with. It's this is interesting. He's buddies with Jeff Loeb that Jeff Loeb is buddies with uh, Jesse Alexander, who is a part of uh, Heroes and Alias and uh, Jesse Alexander's good buddies with uh, J.J. Abrams. So they're all like in this little group. Right. And they make these projects together and they're buddies and no one's going to get fired or replaced if I don't know. I'm speculating, obviously. But um, always good. He wrote this. He wrote the screenplay for this, and it totally makes sense, right? You take the established characters, and then suddenly everything's changed. So, uh, and the director of this has done a lot of shows and projects and whatnot. Um, but, you know, and, and I wouldn't necessarily criticize the, the directing style. We're not here to talk about all that stuff. That's for podcasting after dark. But um, uh,
2: I, would, I would pay, well, no, I wouldn't pay you guys to break this down.
1: It wouldn't be hard to do. It wouldn't be hard. Yeah, but because
2: but I feel like it would be a lot of like speculation about like why decisions were made. You know, like badly.
3: Well,
1: in like a way that uh, would
2: be like, oh, sorry, guys.
1: This comes back to your comment about uh, Kim Darby's character with the foxtail at the end, Professor Brooks, because that feels like they just threw that in there, and there's no real explanation for it. But there easily could have been. Right? there easily could have been something that you throw in there um which would kind of tie it all together even if it is hokey at the end um I, well right, I was
0: gonna blame it on budget um but I just looked it up real quick and that wasn't the reason
2: oh so you know <laughs> the reason why there was a tail
0: I just I thought I thought I, my in my head I thought teen wolf had a much teen wolf two teen wolf also had um, a <laughs> I love much...
1: that you guys you two, <laughs> grammar I awesome I scours. thought it had
0: a much lower budget and it was just kind of like let's crank this out and let's get her done and we can we can cash checks that's what I thought it was um, and that's also why I thought the makeup was less like looked different but I just look at just a quick look and you know Wikipedia can tell you anything but yeah <laughs> um, it says for Team Wolf also, the budget was $3 million, but for the first Team Wolf, it was $1.8. Whoa. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: I, the first Team Wolf is considered more of like a, not indie, but yeah, it is actually a, more of an independent production because mm-hmm. it, I don't think it had a big studio behind it. Mm-hmm. It didn't? No. No, it did not. And this did not either. This was like Atlantic Pictures, um, uh, at Atlantic Entertainment Group. Is hmm. who put this out, and I think they're the ones who put out the last one same, too. Yeah,
0: same production company. Yeah, same For production
1: sure. company. Um, and so, which is interesting, right? That, that that company and that and so one of the big guys at the Atlantic Entertainment Group uh, was the one who was married to Kim Darby.
2: Okay, interesting. And and who was the distributor that you, you that it was the this as well
0: yeah atlantic releasing corporation Hmm. yeah i
1: because i remember seeing when i saw this as a kid i think i saw it on video when it came out so probably wasn't 87 it might have been 88 when i saw it um that logo would come up and i'm like oh that's not the paramount logo oh that's not tristar oh that's not warner brothers oh that I don't know that one, mm. you know, Fry's entertainment group. I'm like, wait, what's Fry's entertainment group? <laughs> you know, This company had been putting out movies th- since the seventies, but they did night of the comet. They did he man and she-ra, the secret of the sword um, star chaser, the legend of Orin, which I is a personal favorite of mine. Extremities, uh, nomads, modern girls, uh, the Smurfs and the magic flute.
2: All right. So most Shit of like these, that. most of these movies, the movies, I feel like you you mentioned a lot of animation.
1: Yeah, but, 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 um, oh, the garbage pail kids movie. Oh, uh, um, wow. Homer's where the heart is, which is actually one of the worst movies I've ever seen.
0: Smurfs oh. of the magic flute was actually a pretty big, uh, I mean, it, it had a pretty big push at the yeah,
2: time. Yeah, right? it did. I feel like a lot of these are like studio distributions so. But it's
1: but but they're not like when i think of the 80s and i think about what like, if it didn't have universal on it or warner brothers or disney or mm-hmm. tristar then i thought it would. i my mind didn't go indie but my mind was like oh this is a straight to video kind of company yeah well actually, so a lot of those movies did come i out mean it probably to-
2: is indie you're probably right i've just Never really thought about it like that way, as as far as Team Wolf was concerned. But
0: so I think, I mean, I think part of why we're thinking in those terms is because Michael J. Fox was like, you know, he was an A actor for so long. But if you kind of think about it, he probably shot this either before or right after Back to the Future. Which he only yeah. was in Back to the Future. He wasn't even the like the original choice for that movie. So it, after the movie after Back to the Future was released and it was a hit, that solidified his stature. But I can see him before that movie being released getting shooting Teen Wolf, and nobody really knew he was going to be like the A lister that he became after Back to the Future came. Which is why it makes sense that he would have been in this like low budget, uh kind of one off Teen Wolf movie. That yeah. ended, and it just kinda of, that ended up popping also. So
2: Yeah, I mean I'll give you that. Um it, it looks like Atlantic Entertainment Group did not uh survive much past this film. Um no it was no. gone by eighty nine.
1: 88. So. They might have made it through eighty-eight. Um so really quick because we have S D Obviously, Mark Holton carried over from the original movie, plays Chubby, but Mark Holton's had a had up until that point a big career, you know. So him playing Chubby after playing Pee-wee's Big Adventure and then he comes back to this and like, oh, wait, but that's the guy from Pee-wee's Big Adventure. And Francis, yeah, right. Um, but S.D. Chandler and Stuart Fracken, were, this was their first uh, feature films that they did. And they can talk about how they got cast because it's a little shady.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Ooh.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to say more. Good. I'll let them tell the story. Jerry Levine is Styles. When people think of Styles, they think of that T-shirt. What what are you looking at? Dick Nose, And that, that, that iconic look with him in the sunglasses going like, hey, right? But then Stuart Fracken comes into this with like a different take on styles, his own take on styles. Like he purposely did not want to imitate or do the same performance that that Jerry Levine did in the original.
2: It's it's really interesting uh, that Jason Bateman has also gone on record and said that he didn't watch the original Team Wolf and still hasn't to this day because he didn't want to emulate anything. That Michael <laughs> J. Fox was doing. That's yes. interesting. Um okay. as funny as that as funny as that is. Um, that is funny. But uh, can I just share with you guys like a, a, big, a big pet peeve that I have about this movie? Yeah, of course. Um, this, is the, the this is a little random. This is a little random. Not at the soundtrack. Not yet. We're not there yet. Um, so Jason Bateman's character is studying to be a veterinarian. And <laughs> yes. literally no one in this movie pronounces it that way. They all say veterinarian. And it makes me <laughs> fucking crazy. It's that's not right. how you pronounce it.
0: i have actually, that's, that's... You're right, you're right. I think I always hear it a veterinarian, actually.
2: Right, but that's not, that's not, that's not correct. And if you meet, no, you're right. if you meet a vet, they're not going to be, I'm a veterinarian. Hmm. And so you have people being like, what about being a veterinarian, Todd? Like, uh, yeah, anyway, it just no, fucking makes me bananas
1: look, Dustin, you know how I feel about, um, lazy speak. It it comes, it's kind of, uh, connected to coming from Michigan and certain family members talking with like dropping vowels or consonants, you know, when people say, you remember when we did that thing? And I'm like, you remember when we did that thing? You mean you remember? Can we do, or instead of saying something, you say something, Yeah, something, something, where the fuck is the F in something, right? <laughs> so I totally feel you on that. It, that, I didn't pick up on it until you just said it now, but that makes sense that they other you know, mispronouncing it. Like, come on.
2: Right. You don't even know what it's called. Why do you want to be that? But that's kind of, uh, you know, I don't know. That's where we are anyway in society.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Well, back in 1987, yeah. it's it hasn't changed since, yep. right? But-, but
0: I think the strength of a good Teen Wolf story, like the secret <laughs> ingredient. Let's talk about this right now. Okay. I think the secret ingredient <laughs> for every iteration of Teen Wolf is Styles, and yes, whether it's the original actor or it was the cartoon character version of Styles. Um, in the Teen Wolf uh, series remake that was in the last 10 years. um, I thought it was terrible, but there was one actor in there, Dylan O'Brien, who just shined. And I was like, this guy is actually a really good actor. And he has turned out to be one. He played Styles. He should have been cast as as, uh, Teen Wolf, actually. But anyways, I digress. This particular movie, I don't think our dude had much to do. And I think that was the problem. And I think it was like from a script level, he, it just kind of like, let's put him over here as a cheerleader. (laughs) you know, he got, uh, he got, uh, he
1: got pulled back from improvising Mm, on purpose. Okay. Like he was, he was, he's like, you guys hired me to improv and now Mm -hmm. you're telling me not to improv.
0: Yeah. He just didn't have a, he didn't have a lot to do. And I, you see that sometimes. And I see that sometimes in shows and it's like, it, again, it just felt like the whole movie just didn't. They, like you said, I think they just finished the script and they were kind of making it up as they went along. And he just kind of was like standing in the background a lot of times, and he didn't get a chance to actually be the dynamic character that Styles is. And Styles is the one that kind of like instigates everything. Um, that is true. Exactly. That piece wasn't there for um, for this particular. That
2: movie. is true. And you would also think that Michael J. Fox's character Scott. Would absolutely contact his cousin and say, Hey, my best friend Styles and my other <laughs> friend Chubby are also going to be going to Hamilton University. Yeah. Uh, with you. Um, so it wouldn't be a surprise that Styles is his roommate, like this weird coincidence. I don't even know why they why wouldn't they just own it? Like, yeah, like I'm gonna be rooming with Styles. Oh, I don't really know him. Oh, he's interesting. Right? Could why did it have to be like? Why was everyone surprised that Styles was his roommate?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And how did Styles do that? And how did Styles change his schedule? And how does Stiles... <laughs> you
1: you could have you could have easily had one quick line in there where where um, Uncle Howard played by James Hampton, rest in peace by the way, and I love James Hampton, uh, great actor, where he would just said Styles, I thought you were going, I thought you dropped out of college or something like that, or I thought you were selling um merch. i thought yeah. he moved to new york to be a designer whatever you know
0: yeah he was just kind of like oh styles and yeah. then right just kind of moved along
2: styles what are you doing here and how long have you been here that you've destroyed the entire room the dorm room um yeah it could have been it could have been a conversation in the van on the ride there yeah. like hey so you're rooming with who, you know who's your roommate oh this styles what yeah whatever
1: I got bad news for you yeah. or I got, Oh, know, what? Prepare yourself. Yeah. Well, and, and you made me, you guys made me think of this too, because you talked about how, like, basically this is the original one set in a college is, um, SD Chandler's character.
2: Nikki. Nikki, a lot of doilies, a lot of doilies in all of her clothes. Oh man. There's
1: one scene where she's wearing very fashionable eighties clothes. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, she looks great. Right. I love the outfit. And it, and it's like a, it's a, it's like a ten-second scene. Unfortunately, is she supposed to be Boof? Is she the Boof of this movie? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: Because because he even looks at her as a friend and like realizes, doofus, she's su- super making moves on him, and he's like, oh yeah, you want to? Oh, you want to date me?
2: Right, right. Like he asks her out, she thinks it's a date, and he's like, let's study. Yeah, but then it is something more. You know, she's very patient with him as a character. She's very yeah, she's, patient. You know, he's a jerk off. That's
0: because she loves him.
2: But she's he's a total ass. And she's like, I made you a picnic. You're just like, oh, man.
1: I know. Written by a man. Yeah. You, you, go, you so.
2: deserve better. <laughs> she <laughs> does deserve better. <laughs> you do. <laughs>
0: um,
1: I just want to point out the uh, styles in the animated 80s series was played by Don Most. Oh, fun! Oh yeah, but I think I, I think I knew that.
2: Who yeah. plays Scott
1: from the from the animated yeah. series? Uh, an actor named Townsend Coleman.
2: Oh yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Townsend Coleman, and many other yeah. things. Yeah. Did you guys have him on? too? No.
3: No. <sighs> no.
2: Townsend Coleman's great. Uh,
1: and then, but James Hampton, James Hampton reprised his role on the television cartoon as his as That's, that's great. I used to love yeah, that and, cartoon. And then uh, Craig Sheffer, like I said, played Mick, the antagonist.
2: Sounds about right.
1: Yeah. Should we talk a little bit about the soundtrack? Because there's some controversy about it. You want to talk about the soundtrack?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's what we're here to do.
1: Oh, actually, can I pull back one uh, quick thing?
2: We were s- almost home free.
1: <laughs> the actor who plays. Um, uh, oh, sunglasses. Gust-, Gust. Yeah. With the sunglasses, played by Robert Neary so if you look up this guy's imdb i mean he looks like a badass
2: Did you, he's aged well did you look at his uh sexy photos <laughs> I, he has that's a, not he even a, that's not even a joke he has sexy yeah photos. like it's a yeah.
0: is it right was they were they right next to zach efron's pictures they
1: they were yeah. and guys guys it, yeah side note zach efron's trained for a wrestling movie right now and he's a piece of work
2: the sound of male boners <laughs>
0: big to the bones
1: anyways well my mom my mom used to say to me when i was younger she's like she's like you're gonna be a handsome older man and i'm like does that mean i'm not handsome oh,
0: yeah. now oh poor Zach.
2: mom say the best things the best hey, but no i don't mean hey, hey, that
0: mama didn't lie though
2: yeah mama oh, mama was oh. planting the seeds
0: yeah
1: <laughs> but but guys if you look up robert neary now i mean
2: yeah, but wait, 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 I want the other one. Show me the other one where he's like, he's got no shirt and his like pants are like half down.
1: Yeah, that's the one.
2: No, no, no. He, yeah. Oh, there's another no, one. There's another one. Oh. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Huh? There Jesus. we go. International this, mail. This catalog? pose at the ocean. Audience, you can't. Well, well, maybe we'll share. I'm trying that to get somewhere.
0: ripped like that though. G- go to yeah, our. Go to God our, um, bless
2: him. Seriously. Only way I'm H-G-H, gonna find HGH baby.
1: Go to our Instagram page. We'll uh, we'll perf- we'll post some like before and afters from Team Wolf Two because I mean there the uh, one of the big things about this movie is like the style the fashion. Uh, he has terrible fashion that they what they put Gus in. He looks ter. He does not look cool at all. No, he
2: looks like super old to me too. Like he's not a college, yes. you know. And I actually I because w- I'm watching this and I'm going how old is this guy for real? Like, how old is... And he was. He was like 22 or something. Like, he wasn't... Yeah. He wasn't old by any means, but he looks to be about 40. And I'm like, did they just cast a 40-year-old guy? He's wearing aviators like the entire movie. Even when he gets in the <laughs> ring, he's like putting... He's got his sunglasses on.
0: Now, put him back on. Put those sunglasses was, back on that ice guy. Man. He's Iceman. He's <laughs> Iceman.
1: Anyways, I had to throw that out there because it was, you know, important to note.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and then like the... The love interest. I feel like the other sort of female they leads are not particularly uh, notable. They didn't go on to do anything else. And
1: no, but yeah. but one of them has that long butt uh, bathing suit on, and I'm like, that was <laughs> that was a thing for a while.
2: Like,
0: <laughs> <butt>? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Definitely, that was a eight the eighties cut. Still goes in the uh, Miss America pageants.
1: When Jason Bateman's character is now like. Being a dick because he's got the wolf ego. He's got that. Yeah, that that's big what wolf happens. Energy, right? You
2: get the wolf ego,
1: and in uh, Styles goes to his dorm room and knocks on the door, but the door's not even like it's <laughs> not even locked, right? <laughs> and he's trying to hold it yeah.
0: back because it's, <laughs> yeah.
1: like, oh man, God yeah. bless you yeah. for yeah. carrying on with that scene. So, right, he had
0: to act. Didn't do a take two. He had to act or, like it was. Yeah, you know, Wolf makes you like not care about consent. <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, I mean, Animal.
1: Well, this movie's less rapey than Teen Wolf 1. Teen Wolf 1 is a little more on the, the rapier tip.
2: When mm, comes yeah. To, like, team, you know? On the rapey ranking. It's true.
1: It is, right?
0: <laughs> I was just thinking about Wonder Woman 84, which is actually really high on the rapey ram- ranking, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, very high. Yeah, Really? But not not in the way you think. It's cause... Is it
1: th- the flip with Chris Pine?
0: Yeah, it's because like she's like Chris Pine's in some other dude's body, and she, right the she, entire
2: movie what a the weird entire movie. device. Yeah.
0: And it's like, and it's like from her perspective, she actually doesn't see Chris Pine, I think she sees the other guy, I believe. Yeah, so that makes it I, even creepier.
1: I just realized something, Diallo. You can, <laughs> and Dustin, you might have get this too. It's trancers,
0: Wonder Woman yeah. 84 trancers? is trancers, yeah.
1: Yeah, 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 it's definitely. fucking trans
2: It's where it's so bad. I ha- I hated Wonder Woman '84 with every ounce
0: of my being. Was not good. No, you know, I was. Uh... I don't um know. Speaking speaking of sequels, maybe, maybe that's why you need to follow the formula of the first movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
2: maybe, maybe. I
1: like the first Wonder Woman; it's really good. It was it's great. Cool.
0: Yeah, Greek mythology and all that stuff. Yeah. Second one was I don't know. It's not a bad I point. I wa- wanted to be a fly on the wall when she was writing that screenplay. I really wanted to just be there and see, like, what right? she's like Yes, nailed this one. Because
2: it's it's the most like afterthought, afterthought, putting the nineteen eighty four in there. Yeah, I was like, like, why did you do this? Yeah, we're not going to really focus on fashion or, you know, but not a single 80s song in that movie. Like, yeah.
1: No, that was, that if, oh man, anyway. It would have got anyway. so many more points on my end if they were in the mall and they played 80s music in the mall. Anything. Just you would have like, been like Just, great. Like, great. <laughs> just like Stranger
0: <laughs> Things season three. Just like Stranger <laughs> yeah. Things season three. <laughs> pretty, much, um, pretty much. So, yeah,
2: I see the trancers. You know what else aspects. happened
0: in the 80s? Teen Wolf.
1: Two. <laughs> well, Teen Wolf Two soundtrack, soundtrack. Speaking of music, um, well, it's debatable whether it's any good or not. But Dustin, I just realized something. So Oingo Boingo has a song on the soundtrack for Teen Wolf Two. Have a couple. In eighty seven, they also had a song on the soundtrack for Summer School, which also came out in eighty seven. Mm. And both songs are not memorable. Would you agree?
2: I would, being that we covered summer school, and I remember talking about, Oingo boingo.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um. And and this song, this movie has a '50s song or '60s song featured in it. Do you love me? Oh, that was my
0: in God. They used that one in um. Dirty Dancing, right? Was that in Dirty Dancing? Yes, Dirty? I think so. Yeah.
1: I mean. I'm, I'm so over the fifties thing in eighties movies. Like I know that, that we've talked about it before how like that generation making those movies, obviously that was their nostalgic period. So they're putting it in just like we're putting tons of eighties stuff in now and early nineties things. But I do appreciate the choreographed dance scene in this. um, Even though 90% of it is not uh, Jason Bateman. In fact, Many of the scenes when he's wearing the wolf outfit, it's not Jason Bateman throughout this movie, yeah. like in the boxing scenes and whatnot. Um, but the the song is not very good. I, we were joking before we even recorded this, like what song are we going to choose for this movie? What's the good, what's the song that we should highlight for this film? Um And I said, well, there, why don't we kind of de- deep dive into the soundtrack and figure out what, <laughs> which one it is? And Dustin's like, no, there is no, other choice other than the one song that we'll talk about in a second. I agree. I agree. I'm not going to debate. This that. is how
2: bad the music is in this movie. Like during the scene where he's dancing at the little welcome ball or whatever you want to call it with yeah, the the, with the tuba, the mixer, there's just like a repetitive, like royalty free track or something that just repeats for like <laughs> yes. to- forever. And it doesn't serve any purpose, and and that's an opportunity where you know he's about to he's he turns into he wolfs out for the first time, and you could. You could really use music to support that, and I feel like it, it it dropped the ball and it and it, you know, and then I was like, okay, I'm getting in my like weird angry place about movies, and I don't want to be there. So I'm like, focus on the good stuff. What do you like? What do you like? But <laughs> but it was like the music just kept going and the song just kept going. And I was like, I, this, this this needs to stop.
1: They could have had a house band doing like cheesy music.
2: Yeah, right? They could Hard have got Jack Mack and the and the Heart Attack.
0: Come on. I would love he, that. He was,
2: they were available.
1: They were, um, but they
0: didn't. Yeah. I mean, I was actually a little partial to one of the songs, actually. What? Which that, song that wasn't that to? wasn't the the song um, okay the song okay the song that we didn't talk about but I the one I talked about I'm gonna, it yet it's the one I am assuming we're gonna talk about I knew that I mean that that's like a quintessential 80s song for me and so I I had no idea it was even in this movie.
2: I mean it's I don't know why we're talking about like it's secret. It's it's clearly on all of our documentation at this point. We've 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 announced (laughs) like we're gonna I didn't
0: know we're gonna No
2: no no I I know I just mean like when Zach was starting it's like Wait, we're talking about the song. But 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 there's no point in you know even being secretive about it because there is only one song, Send Send Me an Angel by Real Life, which we covered in rad. Not to cut you off, not to cut you off, but I just wanna let's 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 you know, let's name it. Send me an angel. Send me an angel. Right
0: now. Right now. Send me an angel. Anyways. Uh,
2: right. Please continue. Party,
0: but... party lights. <laughs> it was, yeah. I was listening to the... Party uh, lights? Yeah. So when the, when the movie was... I don't even know if it was actually in the movie. I was just—it might have just been on the soundtrack. <laughs> or something. I was looking at all the songs listed, and it is—it's in the movie. Yeah, it was in the movie. Yeah, and then by I more like, and the, yeah, and then I was like, Alexa, play, and I had to—I had her play all these songs, and um, I thought—I thought it was actually kind of interesting. But I'm going to get a little racial. Um, it was the only song that felt like it was sung by contemporary black people, and yes, um, and I think that's why I liked it.
1: That song i think i think some of these songs are um relatively unknown artists or totally unknown artists mm-hmm. you know yeah this isn't a 10 song soundtrack movie right the snippets of the songs are are just in there for like maybe 10 seconds 15 seconds and then there's a lot of one of the, the, the faults of this movie, and, and Dustin and I have talked about this with other movies, it's like if you just drop out the soundtrack altogether, which there are times in this movie where there's like no music whatsoever and just feels a little empty, yeah. you're like, oh, what's going on? And it makes makes the scene kind of feel like it's dragging a little bit. Um, But when they go in with Send Me an Angel by Real Life, they play almost like the full song.
0: Because <laughs> it's a total banger
1: it's a banger it's a banger so that song came out in 1983 so it had been out for a long time it's it's like now i don't know like featuring a if you throw a song from five years ago in a movie now people be like why are you putting that song in there now
0: right uh I just you you. this is crazy well, well <laughs> maybe <well>, <laughs> But It's like 2022. <laughs>
1: like, is it, that's not enough time to get nostalgic, I guess is what I'm saying. Five years.
2: Oh, okay. Right. Like not enough time has gone.
1: Or, or four years. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's, is it that strong of a song? Do you guys agree? It's that strong of a song that it can have that not unnostalgic period and still be like, oh shit, this is a great song.
0: So I have questions though. When it was out in 83, did it, how hard did it chart? Because I actually really only know it from '89, Tbh.
1: Uh, well, it was in the top thirty okay. in in '84, so it it got released in in uh, in Australia, I guess, in '83. Okay, and then it didn't really hit the states until 1984, mm-hmm. where it hit number twenty nine, like. I don't know how long it stayed there on
0: the charts, but it, it was in the top.
2: Mm, mm-hmm. you know.
0: And they did a remix of it or it's something in 89, right?
2: Yeah. Interestingly, the 89 version, that was featured in the movie The Wizard, that, that Fred Savage movie.
0: That was the one that I know. It just it, it felt like that was on the radio all the time. Because, I mean, that does happen sometimes. There's like, you know, like I, I didn't know it was from overseas. I uh, mean, I actually did know it was from overseas, but um. You know, that that song, How Bizarre. Um, oh, no. Oh, no. That, but, I mean, that was, that came out, like, a decade before, and it just took forever to get over here. And I think that song by the Proclaimers, uh, 500 Miles, yes. I think that was another one that just took forever to, to pop here. So, I mean, that does happen. And I just, I'm yeah. only bringing that up just to be, like, maybe there wasn't the, it wasn't about a nostalgia factor. It was just, like, you know, oh, here's a song we can use. And, uh. Just like that yeah, um, was... like, trying to get up that hill, right nobody <laughs> nobody, up that hill. nobody, heard that song until this year
2: when <laughs> you did not watch stranger things, right
0: not this last year right okay
2: so so even just how that how that song was used it was running up that hill was like arguably overused in every way because the song itself was a device
1: it was a character basically. yeah,
2: yeah, the song itself yeah. became this device to sort of keep evil away. So it was like, that was really unusual. I feel like, you know, where the song breaks the fourth wall and becomes this. Yeah. Like, as I said, it really was a character. So it was hard to miss. You couldn't miss it.
1: I feel like this song was hard to miss. Well, I mean, rad rad was not a like huge success, right? When it first came out, we talked about this. Obviously, when Rad came out, um, if you've ne- if you have not listened to our interview with our good buddy Sam Bernard, he talks. To- go back and listen to that first of all. Um, but you know, Rad came out in 1986 and featured "Send Me an Angel" in a very extended scene. One of the more mm-hmm. well known scenes from that movie and then only a year later it's put in this i have no problem with it at all it's just interesting to me that it gets used again in the relatively well-known film you know for its time um i don't know that 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 i haven't seen that before i think with with another song in a movie
2: oh uh, uh, so the the music challenge is a song that's on two soundtracks Within five years, yes, or is that yeah. relevant to it? I mean, yeah.
0: I, I I mean, it's like it's on the tip of my brain, but I know it's happened more than I can actually. I'm certain it's like I can kind of think of somewhere I know that that's happened, but I'm not I'm not sure about when the movie came out versus when they were put in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> If that makes sense, yeah. so like, yeah, no, you know, but yeah. I do, I do have a sense of it. I couldn't tell you. Something's telling me, like mid nineties, might happen. Hmm. I don't, I, I don't know. Um,
1: well, I, you know, I, I. So the only other thing that comes to my mind right now is Rocky three and Rocky four, both using Eye of the Tiger.
0: Mm-hmm. And also, just I want to say a quick, just because it happened once or twice doesn't invalidate what you said because those are that would just be like the there really are exceptions to the rule, which is like, I'm just saying it's rare, yeah that, yeah yeah, yeah. out of a, out, out of a thousand times just because it happened twice doesn't mean that's the way they roll so you're you're definitely right there so
1: interesting though isn't it that 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 song because it gets it makes sense in the context of this movie it makes sense. Esty Chandler's character Nikki, she's the she is the angel that's basically saving. um,
2: Yeah, yeah, for no reason. No, because she loves him.
1: She loves him. You You know, know. she saves Todd's life, basically uh, his career as a veterinarian.
2: Thank you.
0: (laughs) I I just I noticed the uh, the like the music supervisor or something. I just saw it listed in the in the credits. It got me thinking about like maybe they had like a budget, <laughs> $50,000. And he was like, all right, we can, we can get these Oingo Boingo songs. And, uh, I used all of my money for, uh, for send me an angel. Then let's just get this. Do you love me song? Cause that one's kind of cheap.
2: Well, you know, what's even funny about that is like, is like they, we have send me an angel and then we use it in like a studying montage. Yeah, you know where like it's it's the least active montage one could one could have. And by the way, he's he's studying for he's doing a makeup exam, that's like a three hour test. Why does he have so many books that like do do not even apply to science? Do you guys notice that he's got like Walt Whitman and stuff? He's got like (laughs) he's got like poetry and English. He's got all these books. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but when you were in college, a freshman class in college, uh. You had one book, maybe two, but I feel like freshman, it was just like, do you have the book, the book,
0: the book, <laughs>
2: right? It's not like, do you have this, these, this pile of 27 books that have nothing to do with with, <laughs> with animal science. <laughs> my,
1: my guess, my guess that that wa- that was not the only final that he was getting to retake. That he had to, he was retaking all of his finals, not just from one
2: class. Except when you when you break it down from a timeline perspective, yeah. That it debunks your theory because he gets up the next day right early. Like he's he's sleeping late and he gets up and he basically has to go right to the test and then he's he's gonna have the test right up until the boxing match.
1: Yeah, you're right. So never mind.
2: Then so, <laughs> you put your wolf tail between your legs or your foxtail. Um, no, so no, because I thought about that too. I was like, What but there's just no logical reason for that many, you know, books. And his, his other classes are never really mentioned anyway. But you'd be like, oh, well, I just assume. That yeah, because he knew- cause
0: you just had to take that one exam for to so you could box, right? So yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um,
0: okay. Again, I just don't think it was... Well thought out. That's that's my. No,
2: it it may have problem. been right that they didn't even know when they were shooting this. They were just like he's studying for all of his exams, and then they and, and the edit they may have made it that one class, yeah. uh, which is yeah. probably what happened, honestly.
0: Yeah, because
2: they were like, "This is too much. We got to streamline it."
1: And studying montages are not always uh, the most exciting. I mean, I I personally think the <laughs> studying montage in real genius. Is I was just about to say.
0: I was just about to say real genius. It's a good one. That, one, that one's the best one. It's a good one. Yeah, it's it is,
1: great. It's the best one. Yeah. It's, it's a nice. good one, but, but because it
2: covers a lot of moments in time, it doesn't cover just one night. Yeah.
1: Yes, you're right.
2: You're That's right. the difference. Okay. Because you yep. can go to day to night, different outfits, different things. Lazlo's doing this. He's, you know, Mitch is crossing the street. The, the, cor- the car honks at him, right? This is like you have one night to just study.
0: My man yeah. freaks out.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I I just Love want that. to point out too, because we're we're talking about the music and in Diallo, you were like I'm not sure who the music supervisor was. There's a couple in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, one one is uh, Pat Woods, and Jolene Cherry. They both were music supervisors for the movie The Wraith, hmm. which has ah! a killer soundtrack. Wow. Mm-hmm. Jolene Cherry not only worked on The Wraith, but she worked on this. Is your little quiz time? I thumbs feel, up or thumbs I feel down? Already. Thumbs up or thumbs down or just, uh, you know, you can't do it on audio, but you, good or bad. I'm going to list some of the movies that she worked on, right? You tell me if they have a good soundtrack or not. The Crow.
2: Good soundtrack.
1: Good. Batman Forever.
0: Oh, that was, I actually think that that was the tipping point for soundtracks in um, the uh, the is from is that kiss now. from a rose yeah kiss from a rose you too uh
2: love me leave me fuck me break yeah. me whatever
0: yeah kiss from a rose was on was on church for like felt like a year yeah it, it, I, yeah right the
2: legend of Billy Jean wow look at this yeah we're doing thumbs up
1: one more Michael
2: the the John Travolta angel movie
0: Oh, snap. I forgot about that Andy
2: McDowell. He smells like cookies. (laughs) I don't remember a single song from it.
0: Yeah, I don't remember the Really? If I could
1: change the world. Zach, that that wasn't Michael. that was was Phenomenon. That was Phenomenon. (laughs) Oh, never mind. (laughs) He's incredulous for for the wrong thing. I'm like, this is- Damn it. Damn it. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, never mind. Phenomenon. Good soundtrack, right? Phenomenon. Did I? Have nothing yeah, to do I mean
0: there. that song is one of my all-time favorite songs. Actually, yeah, yeah. The, the, the John Sicada yeah, one. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the John Sicada cover. <laughs> okay.
1: As we start to wrap up, as we start to wrap up, instead of I know we normally cover like pop culture from 1987, but we've covered so many movies from 1987. I'm just gonna make a blanket statement, and then you guys can we can kind of quickly debate it, uh, and I'll cite some examples as to why. I think I'll back up this statement. I'm gonna say 1987, in my opinion, is the best year for movies in the
2: 80s. What challenge? Two dollar late fee. Wouldn't this be funny if this was a segment <laughs> that we had where like somebody says something like this, and then and then we debate. Um, I mean,
0: it was a great year. I could. I don't know that it was the best, but it was. A, I mean, it was a really, it was a solid year. Let me just
2: ask: What year did RoboCop come out? This will solve it. 80, 80, 80, yeah, 87. 87. Okay, 87. then it was.
1: Then yeah. it was the best. Predator. <laughs> Predator came out in eighty-seven, right? Yep. Predator came out in eighty-seven. Running Man. Uh, <laughs> so, I, I mean, if you go into, if you just, if you look up uh, nineteen eighty-seven in film, uh, and you go from top to bottom. The Lost Boys came out in 1987. The Untouchables came out in 1987. Good Morning Vietnam, Lethal Weapon, hmm. Three Men and a Baby. Um, I mean,
0: that is a franchise that just completely is. I'm surprised it hasn't been remade. By the way, anyway, go ahead.
1: What's that? Three men. Uh, and three a men baby?
0: and a baby. Yeah, it was so so big. They had like. I
1: I feel like it is actually three being remade. Oh, is it? Oh. I feel like there's a remake in the works. Mm. Um, I mean, if you just go, I'm not going to list every single movie from 1987, obviously, but from cult movies like North Shore uh, to mainstream movies like The Witches of Eastwick, like 1987 is stacked mm. with with one great movie after another. To the point where I'm like, that movie didn't come out. Oh, that came out in 87? Oh, wait, that did too? Holy shit. So many great movies. So, I I mean, yeah, I'm making the case. Sounds like uh, you guys are not necessarily disagreeing with me.
0: For some reason, I feel like 1984 or 82 was pretty strong, but I would have to sit down and, you know.
2: (laughs) I would need my data to quantify.
0: I I would need to sturdy.
2: Right, because I would be like eighty five, but, um, but I don't know, you know, and and why do you think that is? Because the studios were just cranking them out.
1: There's a, there was a lot of movies that came out in eighty seven. I mean, a lot. There's just, I mean, sometimes
0: it's just happenstance, right? Like they just, yeah, it happens to be all. Like ninety two is a real. I think is like the strongest. Year for movies in the 90s, I think
2: for Kevin Costner movies for sure.
0: Yeah, for Kevin, oh, Co- for yeah, sure. For, for sure. Yeah. Um, although his greatest movie came out in 95, uh, it's called Water World.
2: <laughs> I've never heard of it.
1: <laughs> Raising Arizona came out in na- 1987. Uh, damn, police academy four, <laughs> you know, it's all yeah, over the, the place. The best police academy, huh? Near Dark came out Hellraiser came out John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3 Which is in my opinion One of the best Nightmare on Elm Street movies Yeah it's Um,
2: Definitely in the top five
1: Definitely (laughs) Some kind of wonderful Dustin Wow Baseballs Uh,
0: Okay Stakeout
2: 1987 was the best year for movies
0: Princess Bride Uh,
1: Yes Princess Bride Superman (laughs) 4
0: Oh, best, dude! You said experience. you lost all that. Actually, like, takes up all credibility from everything. <laughs> Fatal Attraction, planes, trains, yes. and automobiles. Yes, in the Henderson. Wow! Oh, dude! Was, your movie, your movie came out that year. Monster Squad.
1: Monster yep, Squad. Yep, we,
2: three o'clock high. Yep. We, you know. Well, this is crazy. Wanted-
1: Wanted Dead or Alive, which is a very underrated action movie. Whitewater Summer, Dra- Dustin? Drag Whitewater that? What's Summer?
2: happening? It's like every movie came out in 1987. So did you just say Adventures of Babysitting and the Secret of My Success?
1: Yeah, I, I, you just said them.
2: What Born the? in East L.A. Did we,
1: <laughs> La, Bamba. <Did> we, <laughs> La Bamba. Did we say Inner Space? No, we
0: did not. Oh, you just did. Creep this show is too.
2: weird. This is weird. Every movie came out in 1987. Yeah, that was a good so,
0: year that was a good year for me
2: yeah michael
0: Michael Jackson's bad came out that year can't buy me love
2: what's happening this is crazy guys
1: like my case my case has been yeah. made and i'm the the defendant gets the 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 movies the 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 plaintiff gets the uh decision
2: hiding out Morgan Stewart's I coming home
1: object sustained Morgan Morgan, <laughs> St- Morgan Stewart's coming
0: home is so much fun. By the way,
2: I've lost my mind right now, guys. This is crazy.
0: Yeah, yay! I remember yay. that yay. year just because I the was. The gate. That was the year I was in. Uh, I was in England. Roxanne exactly Roxanne. Missed,
1: it's my favorite.
0: I missed so many movies uh, that I was in England, and I came back, and my friends were like, "Did you see this movie called Predator?" And I was like, "No, I never heard of it." And then I had to catch up, like on that and watching uh ro- Robocop and all the, all that other good stuff. So that yeah
2: Diallo, have you ever seen Big Shots? Big
0: oh. Shots. Uh, also nineteen
2: eighty seven.
1: Well Diallo, not only Big Shots, but The Principal came out in nineteen eighty seven. Oh, oh dude.
0: That was a good movie. Hell yeah. I think I actually saw that in the theater. This is weird.
1: It's all good stuff.
2: Yeah.
0: American I think real
1: men, real men came out the real same Man. year with uh the the John Ritter Wow well,
2: and- well.
1: James Belushi, Jim Belushi. Wow. Anyways, I didn't mean to derail, to take you guys down. Well, maybe I did, actually. Uh, Because I'm sure you, both of you, are going to go down a rabbit hole of looking at movies from 87 going, holy shit, Zach is right.
0: (laughs) You know what else came out in 1987? Teen Wolf. Team Wolf, Wolf Two,
1: way to bring it back, Diallo. Way to bring it back. So, obviously, I don't feel. I feel like we gave this film a fair shake. We 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 talked about the highs and lows, and um and and obviously we're gonna get more, uh, insight from our three guests, which will be the upcoming interview with Mark Holton, S. D. Chandler, and of course Stuart Fracken, our buddy. Um, yeah, this is fun stuff, guys.
0: Diallo, tell him, tell him I didn't mean that about the bonus to Bone. no it's too
2: late it's i already late. texted him this
0: i feel recording. like i feel like um danny elfman was like yeah you can take all my b-sides i am a, i am about to go compose this movie called batman that no one's ever heard of in about a year so batman came out in 89 <laughs> and He became one of the biggest composers ever after that. So, yeah, he probably was just like, yeah, you can have (laughs) you can have these. You
2: guys seen Danny Elfman late lately? He looks tremendous like he's a 70. I don't know. He's almost 70 years old and he's like topless and tattooed and just bouncing around. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing, but
0: he was just at the Hollywood Bowl this past weekend. I wanted to see him. I didn't get to see it.
2: Well, he was topless.
0: Yeah, I saw pictures. I was He's like, moving oh, around. Okay. Yeah.
1: These these the songs from the Oingo Boingo songs that have been in these summer school and Team World Two, like they're they're just B side songs. You know, um, they don't highlight what Oingo Boingo was as a band. They don't
2: highlight the Oingo or the Boingo. No. <laughs>
1: they highlight the right said and the Fred.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. They, but, yeah. but but team wolf too um Diallo <laughs> where can everybody find you in the world of technology
0: uh fetal in the corner um mm. is that your uh,
2: that's your handle yeah
0: yeah that's my new handle What's your yeah. Tinder profile you can no longer find me on Twitter that's uh
2: you're gone the announcement. yeah you I deleted. I deleted. you've officially that. left you yeah. get you gotta fight the racism you gotta fight you gotta fight it that's what mm. they say they say you gotta been
0: fighting gotta, it all my life
2: you gotta stand up well because you are already banned <laughs> with the throw punch thing so so don't you want to come out on top
0: not a big political statement for me either just I just tend to try to do things mm-hmm. that uh don't give me stress so just right like, so
2: no one can find you there um, Yeah,
0: so then I've amped up my Facebook posts as you can tell the last few days because I don't have anywhere to like give my random thoughts but anyways I ha- haven't been on I haven't seen. the uh, Instagram, the Armageddon, um, and uh, I'm in the midst of a major relaunch of uh, the First Noel. Still, hopefully by the end of this month, I'll have everything done. And, nice. And uh, what is
2: that for people who might not know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. The First Noel is my uh, serialized fantasy novel in publishing. The first seven chapters are actually up. I do. Uh, an audiobook reading of it as well as a print version that's on Kindle Vela and um, I have a new um, recording situation happening for it so I'll be able to have everything um, sort of professionally edited and it will sound much better than it has before Um, and I did a major redesign of the website which I'm actually really proud of but I'm um, so I'm going to be doing a push for that and nice. some cool artwork for it. I'm um, just boosting up presence for that. And um, Angela in the Dark, which is my most recent comic book. It is uh, on sale. Trying to work on getting um, a, in a situation where we could do a full graphic novel. The first issue we have is sort of like an introduction to the world, actually working on a motion comic of it, actually, as we speak, that will be coming out. Nice. the beginning of next year. Lovely. Um, couple of voice actors you guys know might be on it.
2: Townsend Coleman.
0: Don Most. Um, yeah. Craig Sheffer. No, some working, some, Yeah, so some, yeah, cats, some, some right? Zach Schaefer dude. I don't know, yeah. Dustin. Nice. And...
1: and we will put all of those links to Diallo's work in our show notes. So go check those out. And uh, Diallo, Dustin, and I, uh, if you're in the Los Angeles neighborhood in the first weekend of December, the three of us are all hey. going to be at LA Comic Con. Um, stay tuned to our Instagram page for details because Dustin and I have a huge guest, a huge guest, a a holy grail uh, guest, as far as I'm concerned, to be on the show. And uh, Diallo is going to have a great panel as well. So stay tuned to our Instagram page for more. Insta- yeah, all of our social pages. Uh, yeah, the guest
2: might have movies. That were directed and came out in 1987.
1: Yes, actually, one of them. Yes, and one of. them yeah.
2: We we might have mentioned that Was one. It Paul
0: Verhoeven. Yes.
2: I just want to say, guys, you know, if you've listened this far, thank you so much. But if you uh, if you have a moment and you want to give us a review somewhere, on Spotify or Apple. Uh, we would appreciate it. Rate us, review us, um, and of course, you can always join our Patreon for some bonus content. We have all sorts of sorts of great stuff. Tons and tons of good stuff, and you can be involved in in our in our directly involved directly with our celebrity interviews as well. And thank you, as always, for listening.
1: And stay tuned in two weeks. We've got wait, three amazing guys. Guests. I know. I know we're ending. I know we're
2: ending. But can stay I just tuned. say one more thing? The shirts that Styles sells say Teen Wolf 2.
1: <laughs> I know. I love them. I kind of want one. But it doesn't make any <laughs> no, sense for have, anybody. No, it makes, like it makes sense
2: for us as the audience, but it doesn't make sense for like if you're at that school, you're like, who's the other Teen Wolf? He could just be selling <laughs> the same shirts that say Teen Wolf.
1: And and also uh, when when Styles pulls out, it gives uh, Todd's uncle the the McDonald's sandwich. Did you guys cringe at the styrofoam box? <laughs>
0: Yeah. Because I was like, oh, do you remember the styrofoam boxes from back in 19.
1: Oh, yeah. Ooh, God. Oh, God. Yeah. Not biodegradable. That's for sure. Not for veterinarians.
2: <laughs> Good way to end.
3: wanted to say
1: goodbye and remind you that the good guys always win, even in the 80s.
2: All right. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe
1: and give us a four... Is it five-star rating? <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We really...